Hi everybody, this is Jeremy. My wife Candace and I are the pastors at the Ridge Assembly at Park Hill. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We hope this message connects with you, that inspires you, reveals God's word of truth in your life. Be encouraged and enjoy the message. So guys, we're in a series called Overcoming. And, and it's, it's, it's a really great series. All three campuses are preaching the same things. And, and so we're walking through this together. The, the first week in September, uh, we, we started the series just talking about the significance of this season, right? The time around the Feast of Trumpets and the Day of Atonement and the Feast of Tabernacles. These holy days and, and how they remind us about how we will overcome that the Feast of Trumpets reminds us that one day at the last trumpet, that every enemy of God will be destroyed by the breath of his coming, that the earth and sky will flee from his presence, and that no one will stand against our Messiah, our King. It also reminds us uh, that, that the evil that lies inside of us will one day fully be overcome because the works of this flesh will pass away as this flesh puts on immortality. The Bible says that, that corruption will put on incorruption, right? And that we will be changed. We'll live in glorified bodies and we will overcome. The Day of Atonement reminds us that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One, and that we are able to overcome all condemnation. That there's, there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. And we celebrate that during the Day of Atonement, we celebrate overcoming. We celebrate with the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, this is the one that's holy to God forever. Right? Forever, we will celebrate in eternity future on the new earth, the new heaven, the new earth. We will celebrate the, the, the Feast of Tabernacles. And it reminds us while we're here on earth that we don't belong here on earth. That we're just passing through as sojourners and as pilgrims. But while we're passing through, we're going to be blessed. That we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That we will experience the power of his presence. And that we'll live in every, every richness that he has for us. Last week, guys, we talked about overcoming obstacles and oppositions personally. On a personal level. We said that we, said that we can overcome as long as we realize that we are not alone. That the word of God says that he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. That we may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but we're not going to do it alone. For he is with us. His rod and his staff will comfort us. He will never leave us. We realize that not only we're not alone, but the trial that we're in will only last for a season. That it'll pass. It may be difficult. We said, we said it may pass like a kidney stone, but it will pass. And we will go from this season to the next season. And in the next season, we're going to be stronger than when we came in to this trial. That which doesn't kill us is only going to make us stronger. And we will overcome because God has spoken over us a hope and a future. So guys, last week it was all about us. Because we're Americans, right? <laughs> it's all about us. We talked about us overcoming. And, and to be 100% sure, God is interested in us personally. Right, the Bible says he knows you. He knew you before you were formed in the womb, that he knows you personally. The number of hairs on your head are numbered. He knows you. He knows your name. 
God is interested in you personally, in your personal well-being, and has made provisions for you personally in His Word and promises. But the truth of the matter is, guys, that there is a bigger vision playing out. There's something bigger than just us personally. We overcome personally so that we can be a blessing corporately. Personally, we're going to walk in the, in the blessings of God, but the truth is it's not all about us. And again, for us Americans, that's kind of hard to hear. It, but it's not about us. It's about the kingdom. What God is doing in these last days is he, He's going to bless us. He's going to provide for us. He's going, to, he's going to advance us. But He's doing that for a reason, so that we as Christians can make disciples, so that we can overcome not just personally, but corporately, and maybe not even just corporately, because sometimes when we say that, we think about this local body, or maybe the ridge, or the assemblies of God, or, or whatever it is. We have to overcome at a kingdom level. At a kingdom level, in these last days, we have to overcome the lies of the enemy. That the, the flood of, of the popular culture that, that, that threatens the, the very fabric of our society, it's driven by demonic agendas. We overcome those lies with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must overcome. So we overcome personally so that we can contribute corporately and move mountains spiritually because God is more interested in us being effective witnesses than us being comfortable. And God is more interested in us building the kingdom than he is even building our portfolios. Now, he's going to bless us financially for sure. But he's going to do that so that we can float, the blessings can float through us, so that we can fund missions efforts and ministry efforts around the world during this one last time. I believe the last day's outpouring is upon us. God is interested in glorifying his name. His name is going to be in lights. It's not about us. We're here on purpose, and we will overcome personally, but when we overcome personally, it's going to be for a purpose. It's not an accident that we live in this generation. God could have chosen any generation for you or I to be born in. And he is sovereign. He, he can do those things. And I know biology is at work there, but God has it all in the palm of his hand. And he has created us for this moment. It's not an accident that we're alive in this generation. We are chosen. We are appointed. We're watchmen on the wall. And we will overcome the enemy. Today in all the, the Ridge churches, it's about being a watchman on the wall and overcoming the flood that the enemy wants to throw at us. Not just personally, but corporately and advancing the kingdom. Ezekiel 33, it's the famous watchman on a wall passage. But we're reading this all together today. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, When I bring the sword upon the land and when the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him a watchman, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but he did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself, but he who takes warning will save his life. But 
if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes away any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die. And you do not speak and warn that wicked man of his ways. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, then he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Therefore you, O son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus thus you say, If our transgressions and our sins lie upon us, and we pine away in them, how can we live? Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? You hear the passion in God's voice? Turn, turn from your wicked ways. Turn, turn. It's his cry, but it's coming through us. It's his cry. It's our voice. It's his passion, but it's our commission to get it out there. Ladies and gentlemen, we are appointed as the watchmen on the wall. And this is how we overcome the enemy. This is how we overcome evil. That we as watchmen, we become aware of the enemy's tactics. That we're alert to see what he's, what he's doing even in our generations. And we sound the alarm and this is how we overcome. There is an urgent obligation. It's our responsibility to see the danger and to warn the people. In doing this, we overcome the delusion of our present age and silence the tactics of the enemy who would want to leave our world in darkness. Overcoming, alert, aware, and sounding the alarm. First, guys, let's be aware of what the Bible says. We've got to be aware of what the Bible says. We've got to be aware of the tactics of the enemy. We've got to be aware of where we are in human history, right? So if you've ever played sports, uh, one of the first things that you do when you're getting ready to play a team the next week, right, is you watch film of their previous games, right? If you're preparing for war, one of the things that you've got to do is you've got to study the tactics of the enemy, right? You get ready for what's coming, right? You're you're watching the film, you're rehearsing the plays, you're you're looking over what the enemy might do. You're trying to stay one step ahead, And guys, it's the same thing for us spiritually. We must be aware of the tactics of the enemy. One of the tactics that the enemy is throwing at us right now is saying that that humans are basically good. It's one of the tactics of the enemy that he's attacking people because he's saying that humanity is basically good. We're mostly good. And if if we can just work together, and, and live together and, and be happy together and promote one another and pat each other on the back. And if we can just stand together, then, then the good that's inside of us will eventually come out. And if there's evil in us, then that's only because it's a product of maybe our environment. And it's not our faults. 
Right? It's not our fault. It's the way that you were treated when you were a child or the way that someone walked out on you or the way that it's not your fault. You were basically good. And if you can continue to be basically good, then, then, then you'll be okay in the afterlife if there is an afterlife. And it's, an, it's, it's a tactic of the enemy. We've got to be aware of that tactic. And we also have to be aware of what the Bible says, that the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that, that, that there is an evil inside of us that is, that is in our nature as humans. It's in our flesh and that we fall short of the glory of God. And when we understand that, then we can understand the attacks of the enemy, the lies of the enemy. We, we're aware that chances are that when he, when he raises his ugly head to attack us personally, it's probably going to come through the flesh. We remind ourselves, we become aware still that, that there are consequences of sin. You know, one, one of the tactics of the enemy these days is to say that there are no consequences. And so, so it's okay, you do your thing, I'll do my thing, I'm not going to judge you, you don't judge me. And in the end, as long as I don't hurt anybody else too bad, or at least I don't get caught of it, <laughs> There are no consequences, and that is, the, that, that is what the enemy is spewing. We've got to be aware of that lie. And we've got to be aware of what the Bible says, that the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. The truth is that there are consequences. And the reason this matters so much, right? not only do we, do we combat the lie of the enemy, but we've got to combat the complacency that wants to raise up in us again guys we are we are fleshly beings right we're living in this tent and our flesh wants to be lazy our flesh wants to be popular our flesh wants to take the easy way we want to be comfortable and complacent if that's what it takes for us just to kind of cruise through and not not muddy the water any not cause a wake but when we realize, guys, that when, we, when we're aware of the consequences of man's state, that the nature of humanity is separated from God, sin separates us from God, and we're aware of the consequences that that separation is eternal, then suddenly it gets us out of our complacency and we're ready to fight. You know, there's a huge difference between fighting to win a game, even fighting to win a championship, and fighting for your life. If you're playing a game and, you know, at the end of it, whether you win or lose, it's maybe not that big a deal. Then you'll play and you'll play hard, but you won't go all in. But if you're fighting for your life, if it's a matter of life and death, then, then, then it's all in. You, you give everything you've got and more. It goes to supernatural strength where, where your, your adrenaline's pumping and you're, you're fighting and you're willing to do that. And ladies and gentlemen, we've got to be aware that the people that we walk past every day at the marketplaces, in our schools, in our jobs, are the people that, that the wages of sin is death. We've got to be aware of what the end of their path is and its eternal separation from God. And it's got to push us to get out of our comfort zone. We've got to be all in. We've got to be aware. A tactic of the enemy is to say this. We've got to be aware about where we are in human history. We've got to be aware about what the Bible says is going to happen in the last days. We've got to be aware. You know, the Bible says that the, the lawlessness will abound and the love of many will grow cold. We've got to be aware of that. 
Because his lawlessness abounds and we see that all around us. And I believe personally that we're going to see it even more. No matter who you're voting for in November, I think it's November 3rd is the election. November 4th is going to be a rough day. Because half of the country is going to be very mad at the other half of the country. Lawlessness will abound. And the love of many will grow cold. That's what the Bible, it's, it's written there. We've got to be aware of that because that's something that is coming. And if we're aware of it, we can stand against it. If we're aware of it as watchmen, we know where to look for the enemy. If we're aware that the enemy is going to come through, through that path or that hill, then we're going to be looking that direction. We're aware. We're aware that the Bible says that in the last days, people will not stand for truth. That they're going to be running here and there with itching ears, the Bible says, looking for someone to just tickle their, tickle their fancy, make them feel good, you know, pacify. The Bible talks about lying, signs, and wonders. These are, these, these are tactics of the enemy, and we cannot be deceived by a false gospel. The, the, the modern religion is actually quite godless. The modern religion leaves out the, the, the blood of Jesus. It leaves out the, the crucifixion of the flesh. The modern, the modern gospel is a prosperity-driven thing that just makes us want to feel good, and we, we can feel good, but it's not going to change anything. We've got to be aware of the, tactics of, the, of the tactics of the enemy. We've got to be aware about what the Bible says about the beginning of sorrows. The Bible, so you can read Matthew 24 when Jesus starts talking about the end of the age and he goes through all the things that are going to happen and, and he lists, lists out a whole bunch of stuff. Some of it we've seen in 2020. Like I'm, nothing will surprise me anymore about this year. But we've got to be aware that those things are coming and those things will increase so that as they happen, we're not taken by surprise, but, but we're aware. And so we can say, okay, I see this coming. I see how it's lining up. We've got to be aware that the Bible talks about a rampage of Satan in the last days. When Satan understands that his, his time is short, he goes on the rampage to take down the nations, to deceive the elect. If that were even possible, he's, he's, he's going to, to go crazy. And in spiritual warfare is going to increase. So when we're aware of this, we're looking for it. When we become aware, we start, we start looking to make sure that, you know what, maybe is that the enemy coming over? The, you're focused to make sure. But you're not deceived. The Bible talks about in the last days the rise of the Antichrist. And we're going to be looking for that. We're not going to be caught unaware. The Bible talks about even in, in, even in biblical times and certainly today that the spirit of Antichrist is alive and well in our world. The spirit of Antichrist is any spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus has come in the flesh. And it's active. It's active even in our churches and certainly in our society. We've got to be aware of those things. We've got to be aware of what the Bible says is coming and is even operating. And we've got to be alert. Secondly, not only aware, but we've got to be alert. We know what to expect, and so we're aware of the tactics. Now we've got to be alert to see the charge, right? Because after you got it figured out, after you know where to look, You've watched, the, you've watched the plays, you've watched the film, and so now you're in the game. You're aware of what's going to happen. Now you've got to be alert to see the cues, to see you know, what the enemy's going to do next. And this is where we've got to see the sword coming. Remember, we're watchmen on the wall. We're, we're aware of what they're going to do. And now when we see the advance, we've got to be alert to have our eyes open to see what's coming. 
ladies and gentlemen, we've got to be alert of what's happening in our society, in our culture. The normalization of sin. Are we alert to that? It snuck in. It snuck in for the past generations. It's happened slowly, so, so we can be desensitized to it if we're not careful. But are we alert to see what's happening in the, the normalization of sin through our media? The, the, the major news outlets are only pushing their agenda. Right? And, and, and it's sad. Like you can't even laugh at it anymore. But, but, but sin is being normalized. And our schools, it started in universities. And it's been a long time since I was in college. And I went to a very conservative college, and I studied engineering, math, and physics. So, like, <laughs> this is on the conservative side. But I had a few of the honors courses that were in the arts. And let me tell you, even, even back then, this was like, I mean, it's almost 20 years ago. Even back then, the liberal agenda was being pushed hard in university. And it's gotten worse at a university level. You're, you're ridiculed if, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You're ridiculed if you take a conservative stance. And that, that's in the university, but it doesn't stop there. There's a whole new agenda that's being pushed in our schools. And I'm talking about elementary school level. Right? Through the, uh, through the different organizations that are raising up. And, and they, they, they talk about equality. But it's not about equality. It's about desensiti desensitivity to sin. It's about calling what is wrong right. We've got to teach our, our kids to value humans and to love humans, no matter, no matter who they are, no matter race, color, no matter ethnicity, no matter sexuality. We've got to teach our kids to love them and to value them as humans. But we've also got to teach them that not everything that they do is right and proper in the sight of God. There's a difference between loving the person and accepting the sin. You can't do that. Jesus didn't do that. Right? Jesus, man, he loved everybody. He ate with sinners. He talked to anyone. He broke down racial barriers. He broke down, he broke down gender barriers. He broke all of those things down, and he, he poured himself into everybody. But at the end of the day, he said, look, you're going to have to take up your cross and follow me. You've got, to, you've got to go and sin no more. There's a separation between the holy and the common. And, and, but we have been desensitized to sin. It's just normal in our generations. They're attacking even our kids at school, that our entertainment. The, back when it's gone from rebellion to lust to just horrible stuff. The music that people listen to, it's just it's glorifying, it's glorifying a gangster lifestyle and propagating poverty and, and all of these things. And I, I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen the the whole the Netflix thing with the cuties movie. I don't know if you've seen that debate going on or not. These are eleven year old girls that are dancing provocatively. Oh my goodness. How do we live in a society to where we where we got here? Is that okay? It's because for generations, the people have been putting out this junk, and so we've become desensitized to it. Sin has become normal. Sin has become normal. You can't watch a movie that there's not a subplot 
for, for homosexuality or, or there's not a subplot for, for fornication in some way. You cannot watch a movie these days without seeing those things and those get into your spirit and, and we become sin is normal. But if we're aware that that was going to happen, now we've got to be alert to see that happen. Right? When we are aware of what, what is going to happen in the last days, now we've got to be alert to start seeing uh, prophecy as it plays out in front of our eyes. Did you guys watch the, the peace deal this last week between Israel and the UAE? That, 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 that's a thing. We're seeing prophecy come out and being fulfilled right in front of us. Are you guys following what's happening in Turkey? We, we live in the U.S., so most people, like, we just don't even read world news very much, and, and I'm guilty of this also. It turns out that, that um, the company that I work for also produces military airplanes, and they sold several to Greece. And they sold several to Greece because Greece is scared of Turkey. So I'm like, well, what's going on in Turkey? So you do a little research. So Turkey, just for history, right, the, the Istanbul right, was Constantinople, that was like the center of the Ottoman Empire, the, the longest reigning empire in the world was there in Turkey, right, and it was ruled through, through a Muslim regime, right, called the Caliphate, and, and these are the leaders of the Muslims that also have, so they have geopolitical rule and they have religious rule, so it's kind of like if, if someone, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like if, if the Pope also controlled, like, a country, right? So it's, it's and nothing against Catholicism or anything like that. I'm just saying that if you have the leader of a church that is also the leader of a country, it's called the Caliphate. And there's a huge move in Turkey now to revive the Caliphate. This is something they're doing. They're talking about it openly. They're saying that, that Turkey will be the center of a revived uh, Islamic Muslim uh, empire. This is, I'm telling you guys, we're seeing prophecy that is, that is playing out in front of us. The, the revival of the Ottoman Empire, which was broke off from the Roman Empire. Right? And it, it's just, we're seeing that revival. We're seeing the, the revival of these jihadists and people that want to control the Middle East. And we're seeing these peace deals with Israel. I'm telling you guys, we're aware of what the Bible talks about in the last days. And now we're alert to see it playing out in our generation. And so what are we going to do? We're going to sound the alarm. We must sound the alarm. We have to do something. And Paddockate Christianity on Sundays and Wednesday nights is not going to get it. We're, we're not, we're, we're not going We're not going to be effective. If the only time we're praying is praying for more blessings, we're not going to be effective. If the only time that, that, that we spend in the presence of God is so that we can feel better. We, have, we cannot be silent. There's, there's some passages of scripture here that just, Isaiah 62 verse 6, it says, I have set watchmen on the walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You make mention of the Lord. Do not keep silent. We cannot, we as a church, we cannot be silent. I believe that we have a commission. 
And I believe, so, so you guys have heard from, from Pastor Kenny that well, we believe that God has given us the 30% of 15 miles, right? So that, that 30% of central Arkansas, we're going to reap that type of harvest, and that is huge. But you know what that means? That means that you and I have a commission to those people. That this morning, they're, they're not serving Jesus. This morning, they may be asleep, just as our neighbors at the, at the back of this playground here. They're probably just asleep. They're, they're waking up. They're having brunch. They're going about their days, and they don't even realize yet that Jesus is calling them to a hope and a future and an eternity with them. They drive by on 107. Right? We work with them, all of these people, but we have not sounded the trumpet. 2 Timothy chapter 4 says, I charge you, therefore, brothers, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead by at his appearance and his kingdom. Preach the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Whenever there's, whenever there's a teachable moment, whenever there's a, a conversation that, that you can take in the way uh, of, of eternity, Whenever there's somebody that, that you meet, and I want you to know that I pray for you guys individually. I pray for you to be able to influence somebody so that you can invite them to church, so that, so that you can speak life over them, so that you can witness right there in your truck or in your office or whatever it is that you can use the name of Jesus and offer them hope. But I'm praying for you guys for our influence to increase and we can be ready in season and out of season. It says convince Rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things. Endure affliction and do the work of an evangelist to fulfill your ministry. Guys, we've got to be aware we've got to be alert and when the moment is right and we're talking about in season and out of season right when you're tired when you've had a bad day when you just got to run to walmart for one thing and you're trying to get in and out and, and it and then all of a sudden there's an opportunity one of those god moments where you see somebody and you know that, that you have a word for them and you're able to speak prophetically or, or there's a conversation that you're having and, and maybe you've had the worst day and all you do is well, you just want to go home and take your shoes off and forget that it happened. But there's an opportunity for you to have a conversation to spend another five minutes in the office to go ahead and finish it and to say, hey, you know what? Let me tell you about the hope that I have. Let me tell you about the God that I serve. Let me tell you about what I believe is, is about to play out in our society and in our generation and we cannot wait. We expose the truth in love. We tell the whole truth about Jesus, about the consequences of sin, about the hope that we have in eternity. And we love people to the cross. Guys, I believe 100% with all of my heart that, that we are chosen for this time, this generation. This is, this, this is it. And I, 
I don't know if this is the generation of the Lord's return or not, but I believe that this is a generation that's going to see a revival that's leading up to, to the Lord's return. I, I believe that. And I believe that time is short. And even if, this, even if this age were to continue another 300 years, the people that we're living with right now, the people that we're interacting with, with right now, our times are limited. And what we do, we have to do quickly to affect the kingdom of God. God is going to continue to bless us. I'm 100% convinced. God is going to be the God of the miraculous in these last days. And there's going to be healings. There's going to be signs and wonders like never before. But it's not about us. It's so that we can be a blessing to our generations and advance the kingdom of God. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. We invite you to be part of our online community by subscribing to this podcast. Also, follow us on social media at The Ridge Assembly PH on Facebook and Instagram. If you live in the central Arkansas area, we certainly invite you to be part of our live community. You can join us Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. at the old Park Hill Elementary Building. That's at 3801 JFK Boulevard in North Little Rock. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.